Hey, this is Josh Howard, and you're listening to the Forgotten Math Podcast. Yeah, Forgotten Mavericks. Huh. Forgotten Mavericks. Yeah, Forgotten Mavericks. Yeah, Forgotten Mavericks. Let's get it. Hey, this is Mike Frailer, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Forgotten Maverick Podcast. Today we're joined by former Mav Greg Smith, a 6'10 power forward out of Fresno State. Greg was a member of the 2014-2015 Mavs, one of the more memorable Maverick seasons of the last decade. Today, Greg is continuing his professional basketball career in Puerto Rico. Thanks for listening, and now here's Greg Smith. Well, yeah, th- um, thanks so much for, for calling and uh, agreeing to meet with me today, man. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you. Man, I appreciate it. I really do. How was uh, – I know you said you had practice. How was your practice today? Oh, it was great. It was like a shoot-around. We have a game tonight against um against the top team in the league, so just preparing for that. Oh, that's cool. How's your how's your se- uh, season in Puerto Rico going? Oh, I was going great right now. I think we're – we're about four and six. We had a, had a rough start. We have our full team here. We're still waiting on our top three players. They're in Mexico playing. They should be here the next week or two. So once they get here, we get a full squad. We should be running and and and, and back to the top. Well, it's good to hear. Well, um, to give you a little bit of uh, a background about what I've been doing for about a year and a half is really just um, catch up with former Dallas Mavericks and you know talk about their experience in Dallas and their basketball journey overall and and to learn about what they're doing now. So um, I've been oh, okay. I've, I've talked to about I think close to forty former Mavs, but most of them are oh, from. Um, I don't think I've talked to any of your your teammates because most of them uh, are you know guys from the some from the eighties, nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Um, so you know, and you're fairly recent. You were still here four years ago. So obviously that was a that was a memorable season in Mavs history, and uh, I'm excited to talk to you know a recent Mavs. So that that'll be something new. Most of these guys have been a. Uh, you know, like I said, they were from when I was a kid, so it'll be cool to talk to someone that just from a few short years ago. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I know you originally grew up in in Fresno. What initially got you started playing basketball as a kid? Um, well, I'm originally from the Bay Area, and um, just growing up, um, my uncles, my family's big on sports, so we're big on football. Mm-hmm. Um, but as me as a kid, I was always the biggest kid in the family, so. My uncle's seen it, seen it have potential to be, you know, uh, a big kid, but nice size. So, in the basketball, by the age of three, I was outside shooting hoops and playing with it. So, it it, just, it came, like, first dimension to me. I just started to love it. And I got to, like, middle school, and that's when it really grew on me. Got to middle school. I was tall. I was about six one, six two, in sixth grade. So, had some height, had a little bit of skill to me. And then I moved to Fresno for high school. And that's really when I fell in love with the game. I had my, my head coach there. Arturo Armand, he really, he really brought that passion and that love for the game. I was working out every day with him, and that mm-hmm. kind of like started my whole journey on, on, on with AAU and getting my name out there and, and being one of the you know top players in the country, this and that. And I kind of just you know fell in love with, with with how basketball you know took my life from where I where I started to where I where I'm now. And you know I think a lot of that has to do with my high school experience with, with the coach I had and and the kind of program we was, I, was, I was with. 
Yeah, no, that, that's uh, that's cool to hear. Um, you mentioned AAU. So growing up on the in the AAU programs, were there any uh, or who are some of the fellow NBA players that you were playing either or with or against in uh, in the Bay Area, Fresno or the Fresno area? Um, for AAU, I played with the Oakland Soldiers, uh, but my the best team I played on was Pump and Run. Was my going to my sophomore year. Um, I played with Drew Holiday, oh, cool. um, Larry Drew, the Ware Twins. Uh, Reese Nelson. We had we had a great team that year, and um, we won a lot of tournaments. I remember playing with them was my first time on the actual circuit uh, across you know across the country. Mm-hmm. Played against Derek Favors, Marcus Cousins, John Wall, all those guys. Oh, wow. So growing, yeah, it, it was it was amazing. You know, my my first couple years at AAU, I didn't, I didn't I didn't travel as much. We played only in California, playing with those guys, and then playing a couple run when they called me and asked me to play for them. We were traveling to Cincinnati, Atlanta, and, and all these places, and I was, you know, 14, 15 years old, get to travel, and I'm playing with all these top players, so it was it was very exciting. And then, um, my actually, a funny story: my first actual actual game on the on the actual circuit, you know, worldwide, was in Arizona at the Arizona Cl- Classic, um, and the first game was against Brandon Jennings and uh, Demar Derozan. They were on, um, I forgot which team they were on, but we played against them. And um, it was great, man. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. Playing when I first started playing worldwide and all that, playing against top players and, and guys that were named in, in magazines, it was amazing. At first, I was a little starstruck playing against uh, Brandon Jennings because growing up, he was a YouTube sensational. So to yeah. be on the court with him was was amazing. And also, the my favorite player I ever played against was Kemba Walker and, and oh, the wow. New York Gauchos because that team was built to just run. So my first time playing. I'm a big guy, you know, so playing is them. We it's up and down for forty minutes. Straight up and down, there's no timeouts, they don't stop. And and Kimber was amazing. Him and Drew Holiday went at it and it was it was it was, it was, it was a great experience watching that. That sounds like it was a great experience. I mean, just some of the names you rattled oh, off there. I just yeah, I mean, being fourteen, fifteen years old going with all that, that must have been quite mm-hmm. quite an experience for you. So that was really cool to hear. Um, you know, and doing a little bit of research on you as far as your high school career, I saw you started out at high school in Fresno, but eventually moved on to uh, high school in Phoenix at West Wind Academy. Yeah. Um, what what yep. factored into your decision to transfer to Phoenix? Um, kind of um, sports wise, you know, I was going to be able to play a little bit of play high school basketball plus prep school. So the high school experience was more focused on working out every day and really honing my game and getting better. And then the prep school part of it was playing against teams that's nationally ranked around the country, you know, against guys that's, that's you know, 50 year seniors, even even guys that's ranked. So we played against a lot of teams and that kind of helped me out. You know, Fresno was, was perfect, um, but I felt like moving to Arizona going to a prep school was going to help me out playing against better competition every day and not just mm-hmm. certain games. And that kind of that kind of pushed me towards making that decision. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that's understandable. Um, yeah. how, how did your, your senior year at West Wind go for you? It, it went good. Um, you know, yeah, I played, I started off with the high school team. We went, I believe we went like 32 on one. And, um, the one loss we had, um, I wasn't there. I was with the prep team and we were going up against, um, we were in a, we were in a, like a high school tournament. We were supposed to play against Finland prep, but Something happened, but I, I missed the last game of, of my senior year. That was the high school team we lost in the semifinals of the playoffs. I was kind of I was kind of upset that I didn't play in that game because mm. I was very excited to win a state championship that year. But um, it went great. I mean, we we went on a, on a twenty like twenty nine thirty game win streak. I was putting up some great numbers. Um, competition was was good. It was a lot of good guys. You know, Arizona has has, has great talent in basketball, mm-hmm. and I, and it helped it helped me a lot grow being away from family for a year and really you know being in the gym every day and. That kind of helped me mentally, 
you know, be prepared for, you know, playing pro basketball, even playing NBA overseas to be with my family and be able to, you know, it's, it's certain days you have great, great days, you have bad days. But me as a 17-year-old kid, turning 18, being in a whole different state, playing with a family, playing with a bunch of um, kind of like strangers, but you're meeting guys, you're meeting new families, and it, it was an amazing experience. I, I was I was thankful that I made a decision because it, it made me better as a person, not even just as a basketball player. Absolutely. Um, so you wrap up your, your high school career in, in 2009. I saw you were yeah. nominated for the McDonald's game, but did you actually play in it? I didn't see your name on the, on the roster that year. Oh, no, I didn't play. Okay. I didn't play that year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what, what was the uh, recruiting process that led you to Fresno State? Did you want to go back, go back home, essentially? This, this, this is the crazy part because I was committed to Arizona for two years. Uh, oh, wow. Luke Olsen was my guy. Luke Olsen was my guy. The one coach that I wanted to play for in college was Luke Olsen. Like, that's, since I was about, I think, 13, I loved Arizona. I loved the program. I followed it. All the great players. And Luke Olsen was just that coach that I admired the most. Like, that's the one guy I thought that could help me and teach me and just, you know, help me become the better man, the better player in this game. And, and unfortunately, he had to retire. So that kind of had me, you know, uh, decommit and re- rethink about where I want to go. And Fresno was home. Um, and then they had Paul George. And me and Paul have been friends since we was like 12, 13. Oh, yeah, that's so awesome. So he gave, he gave me a call, like, man, come here and join. Probably do something special, this and that. It was home. It was, you know, Fresno was, I was there only four, three, four years, but it felt like home. I had family there. I had uncles, aunts. So it was an easy decision. And then I knew the assistant coach, Stinkin' Carey, which, which I knew since I was like six years old. He was a friend of the family. So it was an easy decision. Um, and, and that's how I ended up in the No, that's neat. Yeah, I was going to ask you about your connection with Paul George there, so that's pretty cool to hear. Yeah. So, you, yeah, you had a, a pretty solid career there, you know, um, at Fresno State for a couple of years, and in 2011 you decided to to go or to declare for the draft. Um, yeah. Uh, what was your, your draft experience like for you? Did you work out for a lot of teams, or, what, you know, what was your expectations heading into the 2011 draft? Oh man, the draft process was 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 different, but it was amazing mm-hmm. because I would I didn't I didn't I didn't know how how to how it was gonna how it was gonna be. I, my freshman year, going to my sophomore year, I watched Paul go through the draft process, and um, I seen the work that he put in to get where he where he was, and that's something I look forward to when I got that chance. So when I entered the draft, I was ready for it. Uh, I I left college and moved to Vegas, you know, about two months before the draft process even started to get <clears throat> started working early my body and my game and stuff. So mm-hmm. by the time everything shook out, I was in great shape. I, I was I had my weight down a little bit. Body fat was down a lot. I was I was looking amazing. And mm-hmm. I did twenty I did twenty workouts for twenty teams. I did twenty workouts and and I was doing back to back workouts. I was flying everywhere. I was just trying to get get out there, let every team see me and um and uh it did good for my draft stock. I thought I was gonna draft it, I thought I would have, but um, you know, college didn't go as I planned my sophomore year. Um Mm-hmm. Which uh, ultimately, I understand the way the way I handled myself. Maybe I, I could have done a lot better, and that kind of led to me not getting drafted, which mm-hmm. I understand. But one thing I knew that teams, when, once they see me in the pre-draft work, as I see that I can play, you know, they give me a, one team give me a chance that I can showcase that I belong in the league, and then that's what I did the whole draft process. We go out there and try to erase the memory of my sophomore year and try to show them that I'm I'm I'm, I'm older, mature, and and, um, and that's what I did for, for four months straight. I worked my tail off. And I matured as a man. I had great guys around me that helped me grow. It was amazing. Absolutely, yeah. And then, and you know, your draft experience was a little unusual in the fact that you know you mentioned you did go undrafted, 
but you didn't have yeah. the option of signing with anyone as an undrafted free agent or playing in summer league because of the lockout. Um, Man. So <laughs> I, I would assume that's kind of like a, okay, what am I going to do now type of moment? So what, how did that unfold for you? What, what was like, what options were you, were you considering at that time? I know you eventually ended up in Mexico, but what, what, uh, what yeah. happened there? Um, once I found out that lockout was going to be real and long and we won't have no summer league, my agent came to me about three deals, one in, um, in Italy, um, another deal in China. <clears throat> and, uh, and at that time I was not prepared to go overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really, I was really going to just wait it out, um, until the lockout ended and, See what happens, but once I found out that luck was gonna go on for a couple months and it won't end till you know Christmas or maybe second half of the season, so my agent was like, We can stay closer and go to Mexico and got a good deal here. Then I was like, You know what, it's right here, um, the team is right on the border. I'm, I'm, I'm a couple hours away from home, let me try it out. And then you know, my first time playing pro, I was like, Perfect, and that's how I ended up in Mexico. And, and I think that was a great decision for me, yeah. No, that, yeah, I saw you, uh. You were in Mexico for a little while there, and um, yeah. so that's pretty cool that you were able to still play competitively at that time. Um, do you remember what you were doing when you found out the lockout was ending? Yeah, I was um, – once, once my agent hit me, like, lockout might end in a week or whatever, and he was like, uh, what do you want to do? you want to stay or do you want to come back and hopefully get a shot? I said, man, I am ready to come back <laughs> and, and see if I got any action in the NBA. And luckily when it ended – the Houston Rockets called and gave me a training camp invite, which I was so thankful for because I was I was I was I was kind of nervous, you know, with a team giving me a training camp invite. You know, training camp at the time was only for a week or whatever it was. It was yeah, it was very real short. short. Yeah, yeah. So I was just lucky that a team gave me a shot, which I was I, I was I was super excited. Yeah, no, that that's a really cool that they gave you your first your first opportunity. So I know you were there for a little while. They let you go. And then you played down in the in the D League for a little while, but then they brought you back later that season, and you got to stick around yep. Houston for a few years. And you were there when uh, when James Harden was brought on board and and all that. Yep. Um, what was your experience like playing with him? Because you know, obviously, he's still putting up some legendary numbers down in Houston. So you know, what was your uh, experience like uh, on the Rockets and with him as a as a teammate? Oh man, that was that was amazing. Um, getting that getting that call up from them and signing that deal with them was 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 was, was life changing. And my first year there, I didn't I didn't play as much. Um, mm-hmm. Toward the end of the season, once they didn't make the playoffs, they brought me and a bunch of the rookies up, and we played a little bit. But um, going into that second year, I was in Houston the whole summer, and I was with the coaches every day, and we and we worked and we worked. And then that then once that next season come my second year. You know, we traded for James Harden, and that's when mm-hmm. you can just tell, like, this franchise going in the right direction. They traded for him. Once he got there, you just feel the vibe that he that he brought. Like, he he was ready for business. He's ready to play. He's ready to go. And, and I ain't going to lie, that that was probably one of my greatest experience playing basketball, learning from a guy like him. Because he brought some of the, so much stuff from OKC, playing with Kevin Durant and them, and, and just that culture, that winning culture, that practice every day we go hard. And it was amazing, man. James is one of the hardest workers I've ever played against. Or played mm-hmm. with because I played with some great players, but it, that that work that he got every day, that grind to get better, it was amazing. So I mean, my second year, I played, I played in I think seventy two games. I think the other ones I maybe was maybe hurt or this and that. But I started, I started like thirty games um, my mm-hmm. second year. It, it was, it was just a great, it was a great year for me. I, I had so much momentum. Um, James taught me so much, and, and it was, it was so easy playing with guys like him. 
and um and Chandler Parson and, and Jamie Lynn because guys just play hard and we play together, play as a team. So that kind of helped me because I'm a team guy. I'm not really mm-hmm. about the ISO and this and that. I just like to play team basketball, do my job, step picks, roll, and and, and and it worked out. It was great. I, and and then unfortunately my third year, that's when I I, I hurt my knee and kind of didn't go as planned. I didn't get to play I basically, basically the whole year. Yeah. And then I got released. Then I got released from them and then picked up by Chicago. And mm-hmm. Chicago put me up and and I was just I was in Chicago for for two months rehabbing and, and getting getting right getting ready for summer league and whatever next season and um and that's how I got traded to Dallas because yeah. that summer in Thibodeau and and it's one thing I respect Thibodeau for because he actually came to me and asked me you know we were going to trade you and these are teams that 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 are, that are asking about you and the Mavericks were the team that asked and and I was like and to me personally that was one of my, my preferred destinations to play in the league period just mm-hmm. because I have family in Dallas. I'm very familiar with Dallas. You know, Dirk's one of my favorite players of all time. So, and then Carlisle, who wouldn't want to play for Carlisle? He's one oh, of the absolutely. greatest minds of basketball we we ever seen. So once he asked me, like, you know, Dallas, and it was two other teams, I told him automatically, Dallas is where I want to go. And that's where they traded me to. And, I, and and to be honest, when I got traded there, I was, I, was, I was excited. I think I, I think for a, week, for a week straight, I really didn't sleep. I was just, I was kind of anxious. I'm like, man, I'm going to play for Dallas. <laughs> I, I was super excited because it felt like home to me. Even uh-huh. though Houston was home also. Like when I was there for those three years, I felt home. But Dallas was just having my family there, my grandparents, uncles, aunts. It was it was, it was amazing, and I oh man, I would never take that for granted. Absolutely, yeah. No, I mean, I'm I'm born and raised here, and uh, I uh, it's always been been home to me too. You know, I, I lived in the Midwest for quite a while, but uh, eventually I came back, and so uh, you know, I just Dallas is a, a great place. So I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed enjoyed it here, and you know, it felt like home to you too. So I think that's that's really cool to hear. Um, so, you know, that season that you were here was a, uh, definitely a memorable one, um, for a few reasons. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was, you know, the team before the December trade for, for Rondo, because I think that segment, that month of like two, uh, two months, however long that was that period of two months, I, I think that was like one of my favorite Maverick teams ever. Um, you know, growing up and watching the team my whole life, you know, with, uh, with Jameer at the point and all the lobs to Tyson and Brandon Wright. And that was Chandler's uh, Parsons first year here. And Monte was still here and Dirk was still, you know, he was getting up there, but he was still very productive that season. Uh, He could still really play. So, and so, you know, what, what were your memories or impressions of, you know, that first two months of the season and, you know, how the team was gelling and playing and playing so efficiently. What, What were some of your, your thoughts on that? Um, I think we just, you know, became like a brotherhood. Came in, and we had a lot of vets. One thing about that team, we had a lot of vets, and that made it easier for the young guys that came in. And I loved it. Playing with Dirk, Tyson, uh, Jameer, guys, Monte, it was – we just – I think everybody just sacrificed. You know, it was, it was one of those things where guys wanted to get their numbers or guys wanted to do this, but I think at the time we all had dinner, we all just sat down and was like, man, we, if we really want to win, if we want to do something special, we have to just, you know, sacrifice and, and, and do it for the team. And it kind of helped us that for a little bit. You know, we didn't, we didn't start out how we wanted to start out, and it was kind of rocky. But I believe that, you know, I think the season could have went a lot different if, if – man, that's tough because we, play, we were playing good, you know. It just, yeah. It just, and we were playing good. It just I don't, I don't even know how to explain it, like how everything happened. But we were jelling. We, we were actually playing together, playing for each other. And, man, it was, it was – that's one of the, that's one one team that I, I remember from top to bottom. I remember I remember the team. I remember how, how we used to have dinners and 
and New Year's parties, and we were, just, we were so connected. <laughs> yeah. So once we had that, once we had that trade, it kind of the team kind of uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for. It kind of shit us up a little bit. Yeah. No, that's uh, it was tough. Yeah, and. You know, that's something I wanted to ask you about, too, because I remember when I found out about that trade, and obviously, you know, Rondo, a very successful player in Boston, I was just a yeah. little skeptical about his fit into how, you you know, what you guys were doing. And, you know, I wasn't really crazy about the trade just as a fan, you know, yeah. just because I, I really enjoyed how the team was playing, and I was kind of curious to see how things would unfold the rest of the season. So was there, like, you kind of touched it on a little bit, but you know, what was the overall consensus in the locker room once that trade was made or even, how did you find out about it? I guess I should say. Um, I found out about it just like everybody else on the news. Oh, I woke really? up one morning and I seen it. Yeah. I woke up and I seen it. I was like, Oh wow. We, we're getting Rondo. And first, you know, it was like, Oh, we're getting, Rondo, we're getting a good point guard, a great point guard. You know, Rondo's done so much in his league. So everybody was excited to get him. It was just a matter of fact of him fitting our system. And him and Karloff, and you know Rondo's IQ and basketball mind is 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 great too. So everybody wanted to see how that would work with him and Karloff together, and see if they can, you know, gel and, and make it work. So when it first happened, you know, we were always excited. You know, we thought we thought we thought as a group that okay, maybe Rondo's gonna take us over that over that hump and get us to you know top of the West. But um, unfortunately, it kind of did. It kind of I won't say backfired, but it kind of didn't go because of the way that Rondo's the guy, the kind of guy he wants to run the offense. Mm-hmm. Him. He wants to, you know, pick and roll, pick and pop. He 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 directs guys to do certain stuff. And it's kinda of hard because, you know, Carla has a certain system they run. And and I think that kinda of, kinda of hurt us in the beginning of, of of the trade because, you know, guys are trying to figure out how to play with each other, play with Rondo. Rondo's trying to learn Dirk and learn play with Monte. So it it was it was a little it was a little it was a little difficult at first. And I think we we tried we tried hard to, to make it work, but ultimately it, it was it was tough for everyone. And, and and the hard part was, you know, off the court, it was it was amazing. We still, even after the trade, after the, off the court, we were still a brotherhood. We still jail. It just on the court, it was so hard to put everything together with with with, with certain matchups and certain lineups. It, it was tough. It looked tough. It just it wasn't the same as that that free flowing thing you guys had going for a couple months there. And so it was definitely a tough adjustment. Um, you know, another thing during that going on during that season was uh, there was a period of about. I forget how long it was, maybe a couple months or less than that, where Dirk was just moving up the scoring chart every couple of weeks, it seemed like, you know, the all-time yeah. scoring chart. Was there, uh, like, do you have any memories of any, like, concerted efforts being made during those particular games for him? Or, like, was there, like, the, the vibe on the bench or in the locker room just kind of all about seeing if you guys could get Dirk to move up the scoring chart at that time? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we were focused on, you know, winning this and that, but, you could, but everybody knew in there that Dirk was – was was still doing dirt, so we mm-hmm. definitely wanted to help him move up and 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 get him in the rhythm because you know, dirt dirt's that kind of scorer that he doesn't need to take a couple dribbles here and there, right, so he can get the ball in the mid post three pointer, and it, it's, it's, it's he's very unguardable. It's it's, kind of, it's hard to guard that shot. So we knew as a unit, as a bench, let's get hype because man, it was special. I was sitting there on the bench just and me personally watching dirt. I've been watching since I was younger. I, I used to love. <laughs> his matches with with Tim and KG, so yeah, being that team and watching him with the ranks, I was excited. So I'm like, every time he got the ball, I'm thinking he's scoring. Every shot, I think every shot's going in. I'm hyped. So you could tell throughout the whole throughout the whole little little portion where he was moving the charge one by one, mm-hmm. passing guard, passing guards. 
it kind of drew it kind of drew us together to 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 help him to help him keep going because that's a special thing in the NBA to be one of the all-time leading scorers. We wanted to, we wanted to help Derek get as high as we could, so we we, we definitely were we definitely were, were were trying to get him moving as fast as possible because that that's that's a great accomplishment. Absolutely, and uh, I was at one of the games where he moved up. It was at American Airlines Center, so that was a a fun environment to be a, a very oh, small I part of. I I, uh, I I enjoyed watching all of that. Um, so as the season ends, you know, overall the team still did fairly well, won 50 games, um, which is yeah. you know always impressive, kind of like a benchmark of success, I would say, um, for for yeah. most teams. But you drew Houston in the first round um, of the playoffs. And, you know, what was the, the team's mentality like in that series? I mean, were you guys uh, just kind of, one like, confident going in or a little, uh, you know, with the chemistry issues with Rondo, were you guys concerned that would be a factor at that time? Um, I believe going into that series, we were confident as a group. I believe we, 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 we believed we could go in there and um, beat Houston in a seven-game series. And um, we had a great game plan. It just, like you said, the chemistry on the court was the only thing that kind of, kind of like had us like, you know, you know, could we, could we do this? Because we, we, we knew as a group, the guys, the pieces we had, we could beat them. We could beat a lot of teams in the playoffs with the group we had. It just, mm-hmm. we had to do it on the court. We knew mentally going into the game that we had, we, we had the right pieces. But getting into the game and, and, and playing together and the chemistry, that's one thing that kept us away from winning that series. And Houston was rolling. They were playing good, playing together. They had chemistry. They were they were, they were, they were playing exciting basketball. So it was tough for us going into that matchup. You know, our chemistry-wise wasn't there. So it, it was it was tough. Because we, we, we believed we could beat them. Going into the going to tactic before the game, there you could tell everybody safe. We're focused. We're ready. We're determined to go out there. and Because and, everybody thought we were going to get swept in this and that. So we were ready to go out there and try to prove something. But on the court, it was ultimately hard because, you know, the chemistry wasn't there all the way. And it was tough. Yeah, it was a little. Uh, t- I guess tough is the a good word for it. You know, at the end of the day, it just it was just kind of a tough series, a tough matchup. What What are your your memories of that uh, game two, where you know Rondo, you know, based just based on what I read, it's all news essentially. Just I guess there was like a mutual parting of ways would be a, a nice way to put it. Um, how, how did that impact the team at that time from from your standpoint or from the from the team standpoint? Um, impacted a lot. I mean, it kind of felt like we lost a brother. You know, it kind of was like part ways. It kind of was like we going to this series as a group, and to lose one guy, you know, off, 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 not getting along with the coach. It was, it was kind of, it was kind of tough. Kind of a distraction. The guys were trying to focus on, you know, coming back and and trying to win. But that was a big distraction, knowing that you know, Rondo's not going to be here. At first, before we knew that he's part of ways, we all we still think in our head like. Around will be here. It's gonna be the next game. It's gonna be have a full group. This and that. I didn't hear that they parted ways. It was tough. I think that kind of distracted us, and it kind of led to what what happened the rest of the series. You could tell that we didn't have that extra push because the guys weren't really focused with, with that going on. Yeah, I mean, it was just kind of a uh, a tough way to end a season that you know had begun on you know such a high note, or it had you know such a fun yeah. first couple of months. So that was. Uh, that was tough to watch as a as a fan. Do you have any uh, you know memorable uh, Dirk anecdotes? You know about any funny interactions from between him and you during during your one season in Dallas? Man, Dirk was the funniest guy I've met. Man, I, <laughs> one thing that I love about Dirk, <laughs> one thing I love about Dirk was 
every pregame shoot around. I, I, I used to go in there and I used to talk stuff about about me being a better shooter. That was that was my thing. And I go in there <laughs> <laughs> and Dirk. And every time I shoot, I couldn't stay focused because every time I shoot, Dirk would be like, "Oh hell no, nah. that shit garbage." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I remember one time I think we were doing a shooting drill. You shoot five threes, go around around at twenty five, how many you can make? And I believe um, it was one day I got hot I, and I didn't, I couldn't believe it. I made like nineteen out of twenty five. I don't. I was hot that day, and I was talking so much stuff. Like, oh yeah, I got your day. This man came out and went twenty four, twenty five, and just looked at me. <laughs> like for like ten seconds, looked at me, and just called me garbage and walked off laughing. I said, "Man, I can't deal with this guy." <laughs> like Dirk, Dirk, Dirk was a clown. People don't realize Dirk is a, is a real life joke. So he has jokes, and man, he he's a great teammate. Like he's one guy I would love to play with again. Man, Dirk was. It was amazing. Oh, there was shooting competitions. <laughs> oh, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's oh, funny. Man. Thank you for, thank you for sharing that. So I know that, you know, you're, you became a free agent after that season and, uh-huh. um, towards the end of the next season, you caught on with Minnesota for a little while, but since then you've been pretty much overseas. And so, you know, what has your, your overseas experience been like for you? Have you, have you enjoyed it? I see you've played in a variety of, of places, you know, in Turkey or uh, Japan, now Puerto Rico. What, what's your overseas experience been like? Oh, it's been amazing. Turkey was amazing. Um, my first place really played overseas. Um, I had a great time there. Uh, Philippines was amazing too. Played against a lot of former players. Um, oh man, that probably was, was top three places I played at. Japan was amazing too. I love the culture in Japan. They they, they play a great style of basketball. Mm-hmm. Taiwan was amazing. I I'm, I'm, I loved it. Like playing certain places, learning different cultures and traveling the world, playing this game, you know, it, it's it's amazing. Something when I was younger, it's something I didn't want to do. I didn't think I would do it. And I really wasn't too much of a fan of playing overseas. But the older I got and the more I got to travel and, and see different, different countries and different cultures, different people and see how much love that basketball gets around the world it's been amazing I mean I've been in so many places and and I mean I know right now in my future I'm trying to make a comeback to the NBA mm-hmm. but I'm always open to different places overseas that's willing to, to you know to, to add me to the roster so I'm loving it right I'm in Puerto Rico and I feel like I'm at home you know yeah. everything here is, is Americanized I'm still learning from Spanish. My Spanish is not good. I'm being honest. Spanish is horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. But I, I'm I'm trying to learn. No, that's uh, that's cool to hear that you've been enjoying the experience so far. Um, uh, are there any other former NBA players playing in Puerto Rico with you right now? Right now, any former NBA players? Um, who are, who are playing this year? Um. No, not right now. Not right now. There isn't any right now. I don't believe yeah. so. Okay. Well, that's uh... a, lot, a, lot, a lot of a lot of guys are a lot of NBA guys right now um, are still over in overseas in, in Turkey and in Germany and Israel and Russia. So yeah, you know, once that once this is in there, that's when over here gets a lot of good competitions. There's a lot of guys come out here for two three months. Yeah, it's like a vacation. Man. I saw I hear from guys. They, they love it out here. And I'm not gonna lie. I've been here a month and a half, and it is amazing. Yeah. Well, that, that's cool. I'm I'm glad to hear that you're enjoying your your time there. Um, so once, um, once the season ends, you know, where do you typically spend your off seasons or do you, are you just, will you try to go play somewhere else overseas once this season ends? Uh, summertime, I'm usually back in California. I'm oh, usually yeah. living in LA, training and training and working out. 
Um, spend the time with my kids, and then um, I'm there from the phone for like two, three months. You know, you know, August, September is when I'm figuring out what I'm gonna do. But hopefully this summer I'm gonna come home and and I'm gonna try to you know um, might do summer league depends on the situation. But I'm definitely gonna try to get a training camp with the team and mm-hmm. and I might try to G league this year. But I'm I'm, I'm definitely gonna try my my comeback because I'm I'm feeling great right now. I'm feeling a lot lighter, feeling bouncy again. So. I just want to take that one more shot, and you know, and if not, then I'll be fine going overseas to a certain place because overseas isn't bad. It isn't bad, but I, I definitely want to get back in the NBA. Yeah, no, yeah, that, I, I hope it. Uh, I hope it all works out for you once you uh, once the off season hits, and maybe you'll be able to to catch on with the team either in summer league or through the G League, something like that. I, I wish you the best of luck. Um, uh, in that in that process so I think I have just uh, one last question for you and, and thank you so much Greg for your time man I really appreciate yeah. you being responsive and helping me out I, I really enjoy catching up with former Mavs so um, right now in front of me I'm looking at wow. the roster for the 2015 or 2014 2015 Dallas Mavericks uh, just the reg like the regular season roster everyone that played a game on it um, and there's 19 names on it, including you. I wanted to see how many of those you could name. Okay. Let's go with Charlie Villanueva. Let's go with, okay, you go Jameer Nelson, Devin Harris, Dirk Tyson, uh, Richard Jefferson, uh, Amar Stoudemire, um, keep going, Chandler Parsons, keep going, keep going, Jay Crowder, mm-hmm. uh, Ricky Lito. Yeah, there you um, go. Um, keep going, G. I, I, I know it. I know it. Keep going. Um, <laughs> I know I'm missing like a couple more. Let me think. Give me one more second. Amari, Tyson, Dirk, Jameer, Rondo, Crowder, uh, Chandler, uh, Richard Jefferson, um, Charlie Rigolito, um, me, um, Devin Harris, um, I know I'm forgetting somebody. This is crazy. I know I'm forgetting somebody. You got six that well, you have Brandon, Brandon Wright. There you go. So Brandon, now just five Brandon, left. B-Wright. B-Wright. Um, ah, my, my guy. Oh, where's my guy? Oh, the name is right here. Uh, Bernard James. There you go, yeah. <laughs> Bernard, Bernard James. Um, I know. Okay, keep going, keep going. Bernard was my guy, too. I'm trying to go around the locker room and see faces. Um... <laughs> JJ Burrell, baby. Yeah, that's my guy. <laughs> I was gonna say he's got that can't connection to Puerto Rico, so yeah, I, yeah. Can't forget my guy JJ. Um, oh JJ. Then we got <laughs> just three more. Three more. Oh, man. one guy hardly played oh. at all. He was hurt a bunch. Oh my god. Um, on you got one guy that came with Rondo from Boston. Ooh, who did come with Rondo from Boston? He's still a Mav today. I don't know how closely he followed the team, but he's still on the team now. Uh, Dwight Powell. There you go. Dwight Powell is there with us, yes. That's all I was forgetting. I had to put the faces right here. I was like, but I cannot think of name. Dwight Powell, just <laughs> two more. Yep. Um, They're both still in the league. Um... Why am I? There's two more. <laughs> oh man, two more, two more, two more. Who else is on this roster? And they're playing with us. 
Um, let me see. I know I gotta think. Okay, think, 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 think. think. Okay, we named everybody. There's two. Name the two that was there. Just think yeah. of the two that was there. There's just two people that was there, and that had to have been. Whoa! I know it's right here. I, I'm, I'm getting the picture. Oh, come on! Who was on this team? Richard Jefferson. Um, oh, I cannot forget my man Ray Felton. Yep, that's one of them. And then there's just Ray one Felton. left. Monte yeah, Ellis. No, you. you I think Monte you named Monte. Uh, you, I did. You got, yeah, you got one one guy left. Um, he that was his only year in Dallas, uh, I believe. He's he's playing for Portland now. I forget where he was before Dallas. Uh, Al Farouk. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> My man, Al Farouk. Aminu. There yeah, we go. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. you did pretty good. That's uh, that's usually yeah. how I like to end these. Just kind of quizzing. Quizzing the guys that were there for their for their season, or just picking one of their seasons in Dallas. So, uh, well, thank you so much, Greg. You know, I really enjoyed connecting with you today, and uh, uh, I hope your game goes well tonight. Obviously, and then uh, best of luck uh, with you on the rest of your basketball journey. I hope to see you back in the NBA, maybe with the Mavs again. That'd be pretty cool. Man, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would enjoy that. Thank you. Thank you. All right, man. You have a good one. All right. Okay, bye.